0: Listening to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dragone, and I have with me Father Andy Boyd, as always. Uh, but we have some returning guests. Um, we have Brother Barnabas. How's it going, brother?
1: Hey, I'm well. Thanks for having me
0: back, guys. It's glad we're good to always, have you back and always glad, glad to, have to have you
2: have finally you. here. <laughs> unlike unlike the last time we all messed up.
0: Right. And uh and and let's see if this is working because AJ's having some Difficult technical difficulties, so we have him piped through the soundboard on my phone. AJ, can you hear us?
1: Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. His
1: Uh-oh. name's not on that little upside
0: side thing.
2: Oh, no, he, he won't. It's going to look like it's going to be a little different now.
0: AJ, Uh-oh. can you hear us Boy, now?
2: He, we really lost him.
0: Oh, no. All right, well, let's keep going, and uh, I'm going to try to get a hold <laughs> of him, so Andy, why don't you take over from here?
2: So... I was just chatting with Vince uh, a few days ago. When hang, we on, saying, hang on, hang you know, on, AJ,
0: AJ, you there, buddy? I'm here. Aha, uh-huh, cool.
2: Okay, all right, we're back. We'll cut that oh. out. So let's let's start right now and start you, Vince. Start nope, with no, nope, we're not singing. cutting it out.
0: We're good. No, nope, this cu- is one take. Out, so everybody's hearing this. One take. We're having technical difficulties tonight, so we need your Jeez. prayers. We need your prayers because I don't know. <laughs> Satan does not want us to talk about this tonight.
3: I was lost That's and true. now I am found. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah, so as you can hear AJ's with us via cell phone because uh it looks like we're having some problems down in Trobe, so it's gonna it's gonna be a interesting combo.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, uh what's new with everybody? School, how's school uh, going?
2: Uh, yeah,
1: so I'm back in school. Um it feels kind of weird because it feels like I'm still supposed to be in summertime. Uh it's super hot and stuff like that. And we're, you know, we're doing the COVID thing here with school. And it's kind of neat. Cause a lot of people are hanging out outside and all that fun stuff. Um, I think the weirdest thing for me, and maybe AJ can speak to this too, is uh, when I first entered seminary, father, Andy, we were like, mm-hmm. upperclassmen. It was like the little guy, a little fish in the pond. And now I'm one of the upperclassmen. Like, where's all the big kids? All the big kids are now priests. <laughs> so That's
0: also kind of weird. now. You're the big kid. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, because you guys, you and AJ, I think you're both entering third theology, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, oh, we're we're here. So we're not entering it that
2: yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> that. So that at the end of this year, you guys are both going to be deacons.
0: Yeah. Is there? That's really so cool. Like,
2: what? I I mean not that we're going to be talking about this the whole time, but just tell me like, what is it? I remember those days vaguely, but what does it feel like as you're entering this year, like getting ready? Cause I remember like entering the year thinking, all right, let's get through this year. Cause I am ready to get this over with. What is it? Uh, tell me like, what is it like with you guys right now? Starting the third year classes? What, what classes do you have? What's the experience like so far?
3: It's, I think it's it's really cool because uh, even to Brother Barnabas's point, you know, a lot of the new guys coming in are like, you know, asking us questions like, "How does this work? How does this work?" Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been really cool because you know we both did pre-theology and you know two years of theology here, um, but it is a weird feeling, you know, being the big event on campus. Uh, but classes are going well. Um, we have Catholic sexual ethics, uh, ecclesiology, communism, and missiology, uh, canon law, and the sacraments homiletics and mariology so a full gamut of classes
2: wow. yeah you guys have got a full schedule there so what br- what br- would you say both one one um class each what's your favorite so far
0: i think i think we lost <laughs> brother barnabas question.
2: again oh we did lose barnabas again all right keep going well, keep going no, yeah
3: um, don't, look I'm at liking- the,
2: don't look at the little man behind the screen keep going
3: I'm liking uh, Canon Law and the Sacraments because um, I like my first semester of Canon Law um, just because like, you know, I'm an engineering and science background. So I like rules and the application of rules. So that's been pretty cool so far.
2: Right. Yeah. Canon Law. And honestly, I, that has been the one that I have had most use for.
0: Oh, I can only imagine all the the questions you have to field and all the, Hey, was this is this uh sacrament actually legitimate and all this stuff that you have to dig into? Have you had to reach out to any Canon lawyers for any of anything, Andy?
2: Yes. Yes. Um, especially the, the number one place you're going to always run into that is with weddings. You're always yeah, yeah. running into weddings, needing to speak to a Canon lawyer because um, you know, weddings is, are going to be where you're going to run into the most problems. Um Hey, was this wedding um canonically valid? Like I'm dealing with a current wedding situation where uh the previous person was already married once before. And so like we gotta find out, okay, how was that person married and, and that whole situation? So speaking to your chancery, uh, which is well, chancery and the tribunal more so is where it's most important to be able to um, you know, that's when canon law is going to hit in big time. I think
0: we need to do an episode on that and bring a canon lawyer in. Cause I think that it's cool to see like what happens, like that's behind the scenes. No one, most people have no idea there's even, there are even canon lawyers out there. Yeah. And I think it'd be pretty cool to just yeah. have one on and talk about it. Um, yeah. Speaking Very of, true. speaking of canon, canon law, did you, uh, did you guys hear about the, that one priest, I don't know where it was, but he found out he wasn't baptized, uh, valid. Yeah because the deacon used, we baptize you in the name of the father, son, Holy spirit, instead of I baptize you. Um, how about that? That was pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. So brother Barnabas, that would not only invalidate all of your sacraments, that would invalidate your ability to become a monk. So like, what would that, what would you think if you found out your baptism was invalid and you had to go back through postulancy and all that, what would you do? Would you, would you, would you go through it again? (laughs) (laughs)
1: still recording? I'm just kidding.
2: (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) Um,
1: The interesting thing I like about the conversation, because we talked about this in canon law, is, okay, in the eyes of God, is this guy not doing all this stuff? Yeah. Interesting how um, God has arranged things such that, of course, he's not bound to the sacraments, God can work in any way he wants. But he's made it so that the sacraments are are means of knowing that his grace is coming to us. And uh you know, interesting that like this is a gift that the Catholic Church has that I don't even know if a lot of Catholics understand why is the Catholic Church um the one true church, you know. I think as we big thing for me, I think in uh well, not just third theology, but anytime in seminary question I always ask is why are we learning? Yeah. What's the point of this? Because yeah, th- this is, it's kind of like a trade school in a way, the way I see seminary like, okay, how am I going to use this? Tell me about some random part of the car that I'm never going to interact with. Why are we talking about this? And uh, I think it's a good question to ask in your faith life in general. What's the point of this? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Anyway, I know AJ uh, and we're talking a little bit about why is the Catholic faith one true faith that Jesus established? Jay, I don't know. i going to share stuff.
0: Hey, real quick before we get into it, uh, Brother Barnabas, could you turn off your video? Because I think that might help your connection. Cool. Hey, AJ, were you going to say something?
3: Yeah. Um, it's been interesting having this class on um, ecclesiology, you know, coming from the word ecclesiae. Ah, uh, the Greek word for church. It's been really cool just learning about, you know, the church and her four uh, signs. You know, one Holy Catholic and Apostolic. Um, had a really great conversation with my sister, um, who is kind of coming back to the faith after a while. Um, and I was explaining to her, you know, that the the richness of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Mass. And although it it might be harder and there is more laws and rules than say other denominations, but that it's worth it. Um, because she is, you know, she, at one point she was like a, a bodybuilder, power lifter. Um, she's doing like outdoor trail running now. And I see all that athletic stuff as being really difficult, you know, to train, you know, to get up early and to eat well. But it's worth it. And your body is satisfied. So Brother Barnabas and I were talking earlier today about that, just how sure, you know, even with canon law and church law, there's a lot of rules. But it's all for our good, you know, and we're all better off because of it.
2: Yeah, that, that's a really good point because I think um, even the people that I run into as a priest now, um, you know, with hearing confessions, I, I think a lot of people understand that there are rules, but asking why do we follow them is really important because the people that come that are coming to confession that have understood the rules and not just understood them in a way of like, okay, I have to follow these or else I'm going to hell but actually have taken them in as an experience in themselves um, have come to confession in a different light, in a different manner. And they kind of understand that this isn't about God wanting to punish me or, or torture me, that it's more about um, my relationship with him because I love him and I want to be one with him. And he has given us these rules not to punish us, but to, build us up and to benefit us and you know you can tell a difference when someone comes into confession with uh this either a fear of god or a true love of god and it makes a big difference and i think the hardest part that i've experienced with trying to talk with people um and you were hinting at this before we were chatting on uh with the recording aj is that you know your sister was saying about the fact that she's going to a non-denominational church and, um, you know, I've had many people come to me and say, why is the non-denoms, why are they getting all the people and we aren't? Mm-hmm. And that's a really good question because it's, it's a difficult question, um, to answer, uh, from the standpoint of a priest, because, you know, in a way you don't really want to say what they're doing right, because how could you say that they're, they're not the right church and people are going to look at you funny if you're a priest saying, well, they're doing a better job at preaching the gospel and evangelizing, but In the same breath, you know, we have, as Catholics, we believe and profess and teach that we have the fullness of truth, that we have the fullness of the Spirit and the understanding of Scripture and His will. And so it's a difficult area to juggle. It's a difficult, um, you know, tightrope to walk between the two, you know. And uh, you were saying, like I said, you were saying that your sister's even questioning that.
0: Well, so you look at it as, you know, a lot of people look at the Catholic church and say, you need to get with the times, you know, you look at all these non-denominational churches and, and they're getting with the times and it's, it's easy. It's fun. And we were talking about the correlation between this and food. And you know, before we started recording, um, you know, you could go the fast food for a quick meal and it's not healthy for you. Um, but it's a meal and it makes you feel for, fulfilled for at least for a little bit, or you go the, the home cooked route and it's harder because you have to prepare everything and you have to actually cook it and you have to read a recipe and you have to know what you're doing. And you might fail a couple of times along the way before you finally get it figured mm-hmm. out. And then you get, but you get to enjoy this amazing meal that's probably 10 times better than that fast food that you just got through the drive-through. Um, and it's going to, it probably holds you over. It's healthier. Um, and, and that's a lot like the the church it's, we're not going to get with the times, uh, because that's that the church transcends our worldly societal views, um, but it's fulfilling. It's hard, but it's fulfilling, and that's what we need to try to convey to uh, to, to people that are just looking for the easy way out. Of hey, yeah. I just got to go. It's it's fun. I'm having a good time, and they let me do whatever I want, whether it's mm-hmm. sinful or not. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's easy. And we're always looking for the easy way. You know, I want to lose 10 pounds in a week. You, there's a program, there's programs for that. They're all yeah. snake oil. Uh, you know, you'll take these, take these weight loss pills and and you're going to be a, a bodybuilder in, in a month. It's not going to happen. And, but people buy into this because we're always looking for the easy way out.
1: You guys, um, who the, the music artist, John Bellion is I Hear him no nope don bellion has a song check it out it's called human right where he talks about um struggling with the fact that song begins like this i always feel that i'm not living right that's why i'm guilty feel guilty when i go to church pastor tells me that i'm saved i'm doing fine and explain to me why my chest still hurts. Like, we want to, as Christians, urge people to say, listen, there is hope for you to live a full nourishing life. But um, I would be amiss if I said that, I mean, you can do whatever you want because there's something within us when we're living a life that's not going to be fully uh, feeding us like you guys are talking about like we can just kind of feel in our bones. I think the Catholic Church has been around longer than any, you know, the times. You know, seen a lot of times, and she's like, okay, once this one's done, we'll be ready for the next one. Like, is able to tell us, listen, there are certain things that are just not going to be good that you're going to feel it in your chest. Be good, and uh, it makes me think of analogy I once heard: if you're playing basketball, um, roof building. And there's no fence
0: around. Oh. oh, we lost him. That was that sounded so that good. Was the, he was on a roll. I'm on the edge of my seat and not, Barnabas, not really playing
2: Barnabas, that much. You can hear us. Barnabas, you got to start over uh, with that analogy because we lost it all. I can hear you.
0: Start with the basketball okay. analogy. Can you? Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, but we lost you for the all basketball right. analogy. You got to so start over you- with the basketball analogy.
0: Uh, I got it. Oh. I got it.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, we lost him again!
2: All right. Darn it!
0: We're gonna to have to put that in the show notes. We'll have to have him write it up.
2: Yeah. Darn it!
3: Okay, I'm just doing my I'm just doing my Barnabas impression. Uh, hey, uh, basketball! <laughs> um, I'm Brother Barnabas. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> man. All right. In all seriousness, let's pause here for a second. Let me try calling him and see if I can get it in through here. Okay. Here.
0: Oh, he's
1: oh back.
2: you're here. Okay. Because we keep losing you. Do
1: you want me to go through my phone so I don't get lost?
0: Uh, n- No, uh, I can only have one person on at a time.
2: Okay. Let me turn my camera off. Wait a minute. No. Vince, you could. You could do You could do two people. All on right. We're gonna, I'm stopping this. Pause it at least. <laughs>
0: Sorry guys about that. Uh, we are having some serious technical difficulties tonight and, uh, uh, let's just, let's just pray that this, this works from, from here on out. So, uh, we're back now.
1: All right. So check it out. Imagine you're playing basketball on, uh, like a roof of a building, like a skyscraper, one of those big flat, you know, roofs and, uh, you're playing with your buddies, but there's no fence around the, the court. How would you play? right? You would probably play pretty timid and scared because man, <laughs> if the ball starts bouncing too far, you're not going to chase that thing and fall off the roof. So what do you need? You'd need to put up some type of fence to give you the sense of security and kind of the boundaries, the guidelines, the the guide rails so that you can play more freely and you can then like go all out and, and, and really engage in the game. And uh, I think that's a good analogy of as human beings, Regardless of what we do, we need to have like rules, you know, like imagine if you watch an NFL game with no referees and like guys could just do what they want. You kind of get bored of the game. You're like, this is just like chaos. Like, what are we doing? And then guys would be arguing about what's going on. You need to have some type of way to actually uh, have some order. And, uh, the richness of the Catholic church says, Hey, listen, there is a best way to do this Christian life thing. And there's certain things that we can't compromise on that, uh, we're going to tell you, and there's other things that are like, this is going to give you the most life so that you, it's not just like, so you're doing the right thing, but so you're living fully and completely. And that doesn't mean we can't learn so much from our other Christian brothers and sisters. Um, I've been a part of, uh, the Catholic charismatic renewal, much of my faith journey and, uh, the Catholic charismatic renewal is really influenced by, um, the Pentecostals back in the 1960s, and all that stuff, and there's a lot, uh, a lot of gifts all over the place, but um, they all fit according to the richness, of the tradition of the Catholic Church.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point to make. Is about the fact that not only are we, you know, we kind of need these rules, you know, in life, rules are necessary, right? So we have laws, but we don't just have. Laws that are civil laws, and we don't just have canon laws, but we have laws of science. You know, just because I don't like the law of gravity doesn't mean that I can change the law of gravity. And so, you yeah. know, another uh, place that I think it's really helpful that we have these laws in is when it comes dealing with scripture, right? And dealing with how with the interpretation of scripture, because often. You know, we're told, uh, well, I don't look at the scripture passage this way. I look at it this way. And it's it's kind of like, well, you don't get to make up your own interpretation. The interpretation has to come from somewhere. Otherwise, all of our interpretations are so different that we could just reason away God in general. So yeah. you, you've got to have somewhere to give this boundary.
1: Yeah. And, and there's some things that— we can have differences of opinion about and then other things that we can. And yeah. um, I like to, I like to articulate that by asking the following question when I talk to college kids is this uh, we'll do. Um, uh, Vince, what's your favorite candy bar?
0: Mm. Reese's
1: mine. Snickers. Are we both correct?
2: No, um. you're both wrong. Cause the correct answer is, Hershey's dark cocoa. Have we done this? Have
1: I asked this on the spot? Anyway, yes, we're (laughs) both correct. It's our, you know, it's, that's my favorite. That's your favorite. We're both correct. But what if I ask a question like this? Hey Vince, uh, Andy, Father Andy's kind of frustrating me a little bit. Um, I'm going to go to his house and shoot him in the head and kill him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) do you agree? Is that okay? Do you think that's okay?
0: No, that's not okay.
1: And I say, I think it's okay. Are we both correct? No. Why? What's the difference between that question and the first one about the candy bars?
0: Well, if we, we can we can make it very simplistic and say what you're going to do is against the law, and this is as simple as that, or we can get into more complexities where you add in, um, well, one, it's a sin. Two, but why is it a sin?
1: What if we just change the law and then it doesn't have to be a sin? You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. one thing people have a problem with is like, well, gosh, the church is just making up stuff. Why can't they just change it? But the thing is there there is some things that the church could change if they wanted to. But there's other things like this example that the church says, hey, listen, we're just telling you the truth. We're, we can't change this. And uh, the example that we're talking about right now is the church upholds things that are connected um, to natural law as an example, right? So now what's natural law. Well, here's an example. If you're listening to this at home. Uh, you know, it, so let's say you're driving in your car. All right, so you're driving in your car, you're listening to this in your car, you're like, this is cool, what's natural law? Well, I wanna give you an example of natural law real quick. I want you to speed up to about 60 miles an hour and then just turn your wheel as hard as you can to the right <laughs> and try I to- Just a
2: <laughs> warning, uh, please, nobody do that.
1: Yeah, don't do that. But what I'm saying is, I usually give a, a, the example of like a pencil, you know, like shove a pencil in your eye and no one will, to this day, no one's done it gosh Uh, but the first principle of natural law is preserve life you know yeah so for instance why does the church get so involved in uh you know politics and you know people's marriages not well it's because the the church sees like hey wait we, we need to defend uh not just like our own kind of understanding of um revelation but also of uh what it means to be human because you can't you can't worship God if you're not alive. So we need to, you know. So the church has this like richness of its understanding that's not just kind of random, but connected to yeah. philosophy. That's why we have to study philosophy and theology yeah. together. So, anyway, don't please don't drive off the road. Uh, forgive me yeah, for that.
2: No, we don't. I don't want to hear about anybody going into the ICU with a pencil in their eyes. So to get kicked out. No, no pencils in eyes. But no, that's a really good point. And I. And I I'm so glad that you said that because, um, you know, there's so many people that want to say, well, you're just, uh, when it comes to abortion, you're stepping in the way of a woman's right to choose. Well, no, 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 no. The choice was originally to, to fornicate. And with the, with that choice, you know, the subsequent choices are to protect life and that's where the church stands. And when you recognize that life begins at conception, um, you know, you need to protect that life.
1: Yeah. And, 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 you know,
2: the more you go from,
1: from theory to, uh, I guess people's actual lives, you, you, you encounter circumstances like, well, gosh, maybe this, this person didn't choose to fornicate. Maybe they were raped or something like that. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it gets very complicated, but the thing is, um, you know, you're never going to heal an evil by letting another evil happen, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, the church really has people's full life in mind and uh, in every aspect of how we live. So, for instance, bringing, bringing a baby. For, I have uh, two close friends that have adopted two babies, you know, and it was like open open adoptions where they talked to the mother before uh, the baby was even born. And, uh, you know, it is very difficult and emotional and all these yeah. things. But it's almost like, is that child's life worth the difficulty and I think the answer to that is yes, because man, um, is, is your life worth the difficulty? You know, I hope so. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, what happens to us? You know, that people decide not to leave the church, or, or not to stay in the church, or to whatever, make judgments, and you know, maybe I'll ask AJ. AJ, what, what have you experienced with different people, friends, family that have had a difficult time with the church? You know, is it often like theory or just bad experiences or other things that kind of make people drift away from the Catholic church.
3: I think it, it, it is kind of like the rules and regulations where they want to live a certain way and being in the church won't allow them to do that. So they're like, you know what? I don't think I need the church. Um, and then so they can leave and, you know, do as they please. But I've always thought is, you know, uh, church law, it, it helps us. It's, you know, as you and I learned in, you know, in our ethics and morality classes is that yeah, church law is like according to reason. It's not arbitrary, um, because left to our own devices, like we're gonna mess up. It's like playing on the basketball court on top of the building with no fence. Um, and so, like the analogy I use is, I love candy, like absolutely love it, but I know myself well enough that when I go to the grocery, I just buy the like, small theater size, because if you eat that in one sitting, that's fine. So, I can't buy like the big bag of something because I'll eat it within like a day and a half or less. So, let's just hopefully that goes to show that left to my own devices, you know, I would eat, you know, three pounds of gummy bears in a night. Which, what's wrong with that, AJ? Tell me why that's wrong. That sounds okay. Not good for me. (laughs) What's going to happen short? Well, let me ask you this.
1: What's going to happen short term? Not a whole Uh, lot. You'll get like maybe a little tummy ache or whatever, but you'll get over it.
3: But what will happen long term? Yeah, there's like if I keep doing that, I could like really, you know, mess myself up. You would right. end
2: up like Father Andy, as wide as he is tall.
3: <laughs> oh,
2: that's not true. <laughs> oh, you want to bet? Well, you know, and that's you made a good point there, and I don't think you realize that you said it, AJ. But to play devil's advocate, well, AJ, uh, like I said, a devil's advocate, so I don't actually mean this. You just said there that that isn't good for you to eat all those gummy bears in one sitting but me uh, who's hypoglycemic actually ironically I got a clean bill of health last time I went to the doctors Um, but you know someone who might be more likely to get diabetes because my father's diabetic well I can eat all those gummy bears who cares if I get a stomach ache that's not going to hurt me for long term but that's uh, because that was your decision that it could hurt you for long term you're not going to do that so therefore I can do it for me because I know me
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, I think, like yeah, church law um, is based on natural law. So, you know, so just like we have laws governing treat each other, um, especially in the realm of like uh, morality, social justice and sexual ethics it is according to reason. And we're all subject to reason. So it's not just yeah. saying, oh, yeah. just these people in the church should follow this. No, it's it's for your good. No matter where or who you are, it's not just like oh, only Catholics should follow these. No, it's so we can all have you know high quality lives and flourish.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's it, when we look back again at the the um, analogy that Brother Barnabas used of murdering someone. Um, the murder is wrong no matter what. Killing is wrong no matter what. And it's not just because the church said so or because God said so. It's because it's a part, like we said, it's a part of natural law, which God has created and God upholds. Um, and natural law, like we said, supporting the flourishing of life. And so when it comes to the fact of people, and, and we've I've said this already in this episode even, when I deal with people who come to me and say, well, I'd rather go to a non-denom Protestant church because I get more out of it. Well, that's great, but that's not helping you for the long term. And the long term, and we believe as Catholics, is to trust in the power of the Eucharist because of what Christ said. Do this. Do this whenever you gather in remembrance of me. And he wasn't just talking about get together and have a meal every so often. No, he he meant come together and make me present within your community in a very substantial and real way. And the only yeah. church that continues to do that is the Catholic church.
0: So there are uh, two reasons that I hear most often from just personal experience um, dealing with people and their reasons for leaving the church. And one is because they got divorced and they want to get remarried outside the church. And two is the, um, the, the, the sex abuse uh, crisis uh, or scandal in the church as well. And starting with the first one, you know, um, you know, I kind of look at it as, um, ah, I lost my train of thought and it was a really good one, but anyway, uh, we're going to go through, we're going to do, hard, go through hard, hard times. Um, and, and this isn't easy. Um, but the, the church is always going to be there and we're all, Oh, I know exactly what I was going to say. So did you ever get really mad and flip out and you know that you're right. You feel that you're right, and it's righteous. And I'm going to make everyone else uh, upset because I'm right, and I'm getting frustrated. And everyone just needs to listen to me. And you feel good at the time, but then afterwards, you know, you feel that uh, uh, maybe I should humble myself um, and, and apologize, and um, it, and maybe I wasn't right at the time, and, and it was just frustration building up. Um, and, and I kind of see that the same when it comes to um, people leaving the church because they got divorced is you feel like you're right. And this is dumb that I have to follow your rules. And so I'm leaving the church, but you you really, and this really goes with any sin. Every time we sin, we do this. We need to humble ourselves. And you realize that, no, I, I, I don't know what's best for myself. And, but the church does. God wants me to do this. And, and so I need to, like a child who who needs guidance when you're raising them, I need to go back to my parent, Jesus, and help, and He's going to guide me to to where I need to go. And it's difficult; it's not easy, you know. Now going to a, a childhood example, being a parent now, um, you know, just watching my children and just the, you know, a crisis for them is something very simple uh, to us, uh, but just have just watching them interact with each other and get in trouble and have to deal with consequences and not get what they want, but then see them, um, grow and learn from some of those hard lessons that we've taught. Uh, I, I, th- I think we can all relate to that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Andy, uh, or Vince, what you're saying, you know, like for instance, with, the the learning these lessons or whatever, uh, are also, you know, our understanding of something like marriage is actually founded in, um, in scripture. So I think, uh, in, in some ways, you know, people will say, well, where's this in the Bible, you know, Catholic stuff that exists. Um, but then there's other examples where it's like, well, wait, listen, we're, we're probably holding the, uh, the discipline of marriage and divorce closest than closer than a lot of other Christian denominations because we're saying like Absolutely. we're not we're not okay with divorce because this is what it, Jesus said <laughs> now of course yeah. there's like a pastoral understanding of this so that like the Catholic Church is full of like trying to have different cases of like annulments and difficult situations to figure out what's going on um but really it's it's just scripturally based so if you're a Christian you have to say, how do I? How do I understand this? And um, which even leads to other topics like how do we properly understand the Bible? Well, okay. Yeah. Well, if, if I was going to give you, um, I don't know, name me a famous book, AJ. I don't read a lot of books. What's a famous book? Harry Potter. All right, so Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Right. If I'm going to read Harry Potter, um, what's the what's the best way for me to understand the the right intention of Harry Potter? So, if I have an well, interpretation have to, of Harry Potter yeah. and you have an interpretation of Harry Potter, who? how do we know whose interpretation is correct? Talk to the author. Talk to the author. Bingo. So, I think uh, we should
2: use Harry Potter as an example ever again for that reason. <laughs> anyway. If I knew where this
0: was going, I wouldn't have brought it up.
1: Oh, did she like change her whatever? Anyway.
2: She said a lot of stuff after the fact, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> okay.
1: <clears throat> well, for instance, the. You have to ask the question, who's, who's the author of the Bible? Well, it's God, of course, but who did God use to, uh, to produce the, the Bible? And it came through ultimately this, the decisions and the writings of those who were the early Catholic church. Um, so all these things are kind of connected. And I think my own experience, fellas, a lot of people have a problem with the Catholic church overall is simply like I don't want this authority telling me yes. how to think or what to do and yes. a lot of times my conversations come down to like why does the pope have decisions over whatever in my life and that yes. can be you know a hard thing to, for people to because even you know you can kind of ration that like see everything like okay i see the reason behind this 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 whatever but it's it's hard to um be subject to authority
2: Second in the line of that whole thing of authority, uh, the other place that I always hear it is, why do I have to tell a man my sins? I can go straight to God. Like that's the other place a lot of people have real problems in my experience with the Catholic Church outside of the fact of, you know, the whole abuse scandal, et cetera, which just, I mean, we're all reeling from, we're all, we're all suffering from. So, yeah,
0: Uh, one, we were talking about natural law and how the church follows natural law. And we, let's go, let's go back to the marriage divorce example. What happens whenever a couple that has a married couple that has children gets divorced? What happens to those children? I, you know, I, my parents got divorced when I was young and, and I really wish they, they wouldn't have, cause there were a lot of things in my life that, um, I think would have turned out differently. I mean, I'm glad where I'm, where I'm at. And everything, but in that broken home, you always those children are always on the losing end of that. Always, yeah. Um, and, And even without the law telling us, even without the church telling us what we can and can't do when it comes to that, there, there is when when parents break up, there is a bad thing that happens with the children, no matter what. Whether there's a law, whether there's a rule, whether there, whatever it is. Uh, it, and it follows that that's natural law. That's part of natural law. There's a consequence to what you're doing and it's bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the other thing to remember with, with situations like this and just for anybody, anybody that would ever hear this, um, no, we're not insinuating anything with the uh, marriages that end uh, ended up because of, um, an abusive situation. That's completely oh, sure. different. Yeah. Just, Right, so we're talking about situations where there just was a mutual falling out of love with one another, or um, someone ends up and going and cheats on the other. But but really, the issue is not we're not really talking about those situations where there's abuse because that is when we can start talking about annulments because what is an annulment? And, and yes. Vince, put it on the list. We got to, by the end of 2021, have a canon law expert come in um, and talk on annulments, et cetera, because it is such a hot button topic. But when you're dealing with an abusive situation, that begs the question of, was there ever even a marriage? And that's what an annulment is talking about, is was there ever a sacramental marriage? So, but yes, absolutely. When you have uh, a divorce between two people, And it's just because of disinterest or boredom or distrust, you know, it destroys the family. And, you know, especially if we're looking at like the situation of distrust, um, because one partner cheated on the other, excuse me, uh, you know, the first thing is the, the family suffers from the infidelity, but then if it goes into divorce, it just, it just adds another layer of suffering onto that, that may not have been necessary.
1: Yeah. And you know, I had a, um, I had an email recently from somebody who said, Hey, I'd like to talk. I, uh, I feel like I'm just doing everything wrong. And I feel like God, if he exists, just hates me or doesn't like me. And that I just can't be in a relationship with God because Jesus says, if you, uh, love me, keep my commands. Right. Yeah. He says that in scripture and this person was like, well, I just, gosh, I I guess I just can't do that because this is, I'm just messing everything up. And, uh, you know, I responded by saying, well, first of all, God does love you very, very much. Right. And uh, I'm I'm not going to be a parent, but I think uh, the best understanding of unconditional love comes from like whatever a parent experiences toward their child. You know, so if you're a parent listening to this right now, you know, is there anything that your child could do that would make you just disown them? You know, now there could be something that your child does that makes you have to even maybe kick them out of the house because they just won't listen to anything. But even kicking them out of the house is an act of love to help them wake up to like, that they're just ruining their life in some way. You know, um, I know somebody that was addicted to heroin. They got kicked out of their house and you know, their parents, it was so difficult for them, but that was the way in which their parents, this dude's parents was like, listen, we don't know what else to do for you. You uh, you know, you need to like, if you stay here, it's just going to keep happening. You need to go find yeah. help." Um, but then the second thing is, uh, wh- what are Jesus's commands? What's ultimately at the end of the day of his commands? And I think that his commands, all the, you know, what's the common denominator between all of them? Love one another as I have loved you and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and being. That we don't disappoint God when we turn and say, God, how can I, how can I love you and how can I love others the best I can? So if there's anyone listening to this that feels like they're just not doing I mean, gosh, I, I'm like still trying to be a good Catholic and I'm like a couple months away from being a deacon. Um, so it it is hard, but the, the goal is not to focus on ourselves, but on like, how can I let God work in my life right now? And there's a lot of gifts through the Catholic church, um, particularly through good priests who can really help you to, uh, find true answers to your questions, true healing to your wounds. And, uh offer you a way of full life, even amidst situations that might seem hopeless or broken, you know, because nobody is an exception to the fullness of love that God wants to give. And I think that for people that are divorced, people that experience same-sex attraction, that the church is like, you know, they feel like they can't get married. The, you know, people that have committed like parables, that the church can actually be the, the Catholic church can be the safest place and is the safest place yes. for people to experience security, community, and love, and, yes. uh, and full life. So I just I think that's important to be said kind of pastorally.
2: Absolutely.
0: I think that's a great place to end it. That was very deep. That was very heartfelt. And I think that uh, kind of really sums up what we were talking about here. So if you are still listening after this dumpster fire of technical difficulties, <laughs> uh, we, we thank you. And uh, you are loyal listeners uh, in that case. So you're probably already subscribed. Um, but hey you have the off chance that you're not, make sure that you do. Go ahead to our website EncounterMercy.com. find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and give us a follow. And um, and that that's gonna be it until next time. So um, Brother Barnabas, AJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, Thank you, and yes. I'm really I'm, we're very thankful that you um, the two of you, uh, come on so frequently because um, there's always good conversation that comes out of it.
3: Hey, thank you it's great. it's great to be on. Uh,
1: we're just going to hey. figure out our, we got to tell our seminary to get better uh, internet
2: service for us. Too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We got to get that fixed. I'll talk with Father Ed. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you're looking for more information on the uh, St. Vincent Archabbey and Seminary, uh, of course you can find them at stvincent.edu. That is the college address, which then will forward you on to everything else. But don't forget, we have our very own famous monk with us from Monk on the Streets, which you can find oh Brother Barnabas on Instagram at monk on the streets or by going to monkonthestreets.com. How's it been going? That's right.
1: It's it's going. It's it's fun. I need I need inspiration.
0: All right. Well, well if anyone's <laughs> listening, um go over to his Instagram page, muck on the streets, and give him some inspiration. Yeah, he some needs ideas. some
1: ideas.
2: Get some AJ on your Instagram feed, that'll get it fixed. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right guys, thank you.
0: All right guys. Hey all right, guys everybody have a great have a great night. And uh and to all of our listeners, we will see you next week.